So, you know, so much in the news is about uh, radical Islam and the changes that we're seeing there and how Europe is going to be falling apart. It is. It already is. We've made m many references to the future and what's going to happen to Christianity and churches for that matter in Europe. It's not a pretty picture. One of the things that I hear so often from both my liberal and my conservative friends is this call for reformation in Islam, right? And, and that moderate Muslims want this too. And, and that's all understandable, right? Uh, and they, they take upon, they, they take from the history of Christianity in particular. As you know, there's the, the Reformation. And that Reformation led to the conclusion of the hostilities between the Catholics on the one hand and Protestants on the other. And lo and behold, you have peace. Okay? That's great. And they say, look, they, they haven't reached, the, 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 a large portion of the Muslim world has not reached the Reformation, the Enlightenment that Christianity reached. And when that glorious day happens, everyone will be happy. So here's the question. Can it happen? And, and I wonder, and I'm going to let you answer that question, Ari, first, as to what your impression is of whether it can happen. Because it's a, it's a legitimate question, right? How long do you want me to wait for the uh, <laughs> dramatic buildup? <laughs> well, before the dramatic buildup, I want to ask the question because it's a legitimate question. Qu questions are more important than answers, right? Well, except for that answer. <laughs> no, no, seriously, because sometimes if you present an issue, and this is what it is when you're a lawyer, right? You, you're, you're hired not because you know the answers, but be, because you spot the issues, is there a statute of frauds issue, for example? Is there a statute of limitations problem? Um, you know, was there consent in this contract? If you don't see those issues, then you're not serving your client well. You need to, to be able to pose the issues and ask those questions. Um, and so I pose this question. It's all good and well to say, uh, once the Reformation happens in Islam, then we'll be back to a, a wonderful world and everyone will be peaceful. But I think it's worth asking, is it even possible? And if it's not possible, why is it not possible? Ready for the, the dramatic buildup? Go. No, it's not possible, not going to happen, and won't. All right. And why? Because there is no moderate Islam. There is no extreme Islam. There's only Islam. Here's my take on it. And it's more of a concern. I'm not, I'm not uh, wiping out the possibility of uh, moderation. And, or, or a reformation in Islam. By the way, it would be ironic, isn't it, if we got a lot of hate mail about this, because we're talking about whether it's even possible to have uh, moderation and uh, a reformation in Islam. And if we got a lot of attacks upon this, well, that would only go, that would only go to underscore our point. Look, here's my take on it, and, and, and I could be wrong. In the same way that the, the end of slavery was already embedded in the Constitution, right? Where, because the Constitution said all men, all men are created equal. It didn't say only white men, right? It said all men are created equal. And accordingly, uh, those who were the, the abolitionists were, be able to, were able to point to the Constitution itself and says it even says so right here. They're, they're using the, the language of the Constitution for, for the, the very freedom of, of blacks in, uh, in America when it, when it came to... Uh, freedom. So, and, and the Civil War was fought, of course, and then, of course, the end of Jim Crow laws and the Civil Rights era and all those things that 
we, we treasure so much. It's because in the Constitution itself, the language spoke loudly and said, that ain't right. And Martin Luther King himself used it, he used the Constitution as his primary uh, legal argument for the uh, dignity of all men, including black men. Good. Likewise, in the Christian Reformation, the Catholic slash Protestant Reformation, because in, in the Bible, in the New Testament, Jesus is all about peace. He doesn't say, find a way to, be, to, to dispute each other and kill each other and hack each other as much as possible. On the contrary, he would say, and I, I, I say this not as a Christian, but I, I, I know enough about Christianity, to say that Jesus would say, find a way to make it work. You know, I am, I am the same man that you both believe in, and your differences are minor compared to the, the, the greater glory that, that we need to do, which is to serve God's needs, right? Different, different, I say, in my reading of the Quran. Okay, I, I'm, I'm reading things there that, that are all about division. How do you create a reformation when the document itself says there shall be no reformation, that there is no acceptance of anyone other than Islam or Muslims? How do you do that? And I, and I ask that as a question to my Muslim friends. How do we get to that point? Because in Christianity, neither in Christianity nor in the Constitution that we just mentioned, did we have to pretend that the Constitution says something that it doesn't say, or that we have to pretend that the New Testament says that it, it says something that it doesn't say, right? But for a true reformation to happen in, in Islam, you would have to say that we're going to ignore a whole swath of the Quran. Do you get what I'm saying? Of Amplified. Not only do you have to ignore whole swaths of the Quran, you have to ignore the Quran entirely. You have to write a new Quran that can have nothing of the old Quran. Hence, any reformation of Islam means you are starting a new religion from scratch, first of all. And second of all, it would require the vast majority of participants in the ideology to desire to be part of this new religion, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. Well, so I, I, you have two <clears throat> things working against you. Number one, you don't have the majority of willing uh, change artists in the, in the group, and you don't have a document with any message embedded within it that allows for such change. Right. That's a tall order. Yeah. Where does it say, for example, in, in the New Testament, and for that matter, the Old Testament, I mean, people always, you know, kind of blithely say that the Old Testament, the uh, God in, in the Old Testament is far more vengeful and wrathful and such like that. Yeah, things like uh, yeah. Leviticus, such and such and so and so. If you wear two types of cloth, is an aberration. Yeah, or something it's an abomination. Like that, yeah. Whatever. But 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 also the the Canaanites, the the uh, the slaughter of the Canaanites by Joshua and such. Okay, but it's a little different when you see in the in the. First of all, it's descriptive, not prescriptive. Okay, in the Quran, it's prescriptive. You shall go out, as almost as a commandment. In fact, a commandment. Uh, those who are not Muslim, you must slay, you must deceive, and it's particularly attacking of Jews and Christians. That that concerns me. I, I, how do you establish a reformation when your document says 
you, you shall not associate with Christians and Jews, right. which are a very big portion of the world. Okay, it's it's look, it's one thing to talk about pagans, but but no one's a pagan anymore. It's just so so. How do you get around? I that? saw some pagans at Berkeley rioting. <laughs> yeah, those, okay. are, those are the so those are different kinds of pagans. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is what's so interesting about this. Um, a lot of the Bible is written in a way that makes the people of the book not look their best. Yeah. And sometimes the story is annotated and and um, narr- the narrative of the story writes directly that the people of that book really screwed up. Hence, Golden Calf, uh, uh, David and Bathsheba. Right. Right. Yeah, Bathsheba. Yeah. Um, Bathsheba Moses, is a town. Bathsheba. Yeah. Bathsheba. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Moses at the rock. Uh, what's that? Moribah, where he strikes the rock. Yes. Right. These are three instances in which the people who gave us this book and are written about this book did things that made themselves look very bad, but it's still in the book. Right. And the book doesn't tell you, hey, modern people, be like those people in those three instances the way they were. Right. Right. In fact, it argues completely against it. Right. But nothing in the Islamic text ever points out flaws in anything within Islam and warns, don't be like this, other than to warn about being too merciful to your enemies. Right. Yeah, that, that, that's an issue. I mean, look, the perfect, Muhammad is basically perfect. Uh, That's right. And, You're and, not allowed to criticize yeah. them whatsoever. You're not allowed to criticize the text whatsoever because yeah. the text is not only perfect, but the unadulterated word of God, the equivalent of the Ten Commandments, not the equivalent of the five books of Moses. Right. And without even talking about the merits of the Quran, uh, even assuming that it's, a, that it's truly the word of God, okay, the word of Allah. So, so let's take that as assumption. Okay, I mean, uh, here's the problem, because that book says there shall be conflict. You shall deceive. You shall kill uh, those who are Christian and those who are Jews. And they say so by name, uh, specifically as to Christians and Jews. How do you get around that? It would be the equivalent of the Constitution saying only white people are equal. You know, that, that, that uh, the Declaration of Independence would say that uh, the creator has, uh, has all men, that all, only, that all white men are created equal, but not those black people. Okay? In fact, they're not even men. If, they, if it were to say that, then Martin Luther King would not have any document that he could point to. And, uh, on the contrary, he would say, we need to ignore this. We need to revise the Declaration of Independence to say all men are created equal regardless of skin color and so forth. But fortunately, he didn't have to do that. He had a document that actually, you know, went with the current, so to speak. He went with the current of the Constitution. How, how do you like that? He's not, he's not facing headwinds. He's, facing, he's dealing only with tailwinds. That's good. Likewise with Christianity and, and, and the Reformation itself. This, and, is, this is the whole crux of the issue. Yeah. Because what we're arguing for is when you're talking about the Constitution— Old Testament, New Testament, Magna Carta. Yes, good example. What we're asking for, or even the words of some of the good, less politically active Pink Floyd or Beatles songs, <laughs> is go with the current and you'll be fine. Right. With the Koran, you have a book where you have to fight the current in order to have a civil society right. in the modern world. That, that's my question. 
You see, and, and, I, and it's a question I, that, unfortunately, I think is becoming a rhetorical question. I don't know. I don't, how, can, how can you reconcile that? I ask this to my moderate Muslim friends who also seek a reformation. Have you thought about this? Have you thought, hey, guys, how can we do this? How can we have a reformation unless we completely alter the, the good book of the Quran? For, how, how do we do that? Furthermore, how can we even have a conversation about this if to ask that question is considered a blasphemic violation that is required a death penalty to be meted out? Yeah. I, 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 that I mean, means there is your answer. Well, no, right. can't happen. Well, that, that's the, the whole point of the irony that I was talking about. To the extent that anybody would be attacking us because we claim that there could be no reformation, uh, a peaceful reformation within Islam— that itself would underscore our point, right? I, anyway, I, I just I find it fascinating because you know everyone's making these assumptions. We one day we'll we'll have this great enlightenment, but they just never they never ask the question: How can that be? You you what what does it look like? Where are you going to be? What, what imams are going to be able to work with priests and reverends and rabbis to say we are all going to everyone's going to be in sync with each other? I mean, you don't have wars now between Protestants and Catholics. They're, it just doesn't exist. The last uh, conflict you could possibly say is Northern Ireland and Ireland. But even that, that was more of a territory dispute. Yeah, right? and it ended 22 years ago or so. Right. Something like that. It, it hasn't made a peep since. You do not have Christian-on-Christian violence anywhere in the world anywhere. anymore. Anyway, anyway, and I think that speaks very highly of the ideology. And the only place you have Jew-on-Jew conflict is between liberal and conservative Jews in West L.A., and it never gets violent. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it just, it's, it's it polemics, but that's about it. strongly worded letters between lawyers and accountants and some <laughs> doctors. That's right. Yeah, it, it, it's really, it, it always boils, boils down to uh, politics at the end of the day. Yeah, but you have to, it, it's very important right now that we add the, the important um, moment of, but everywhere in the world that's ruled by Islam, there is conflict between tribes, clans, nations, cities, everywhere. Well, it's a concern, right? And so, like Hindus, and we're are not, not just talking about Sunni Shia. We're I talking intra-Sunni, intra-Shia. I understand, and let me go with this. So, the Hindus, for example, you're, you're, I'm not when I go into a Hindu-occupied territory, you know, predominantly Hindu, like Bali, for example. I went there; it's Hindu, right? And, or Hindi, I forget the actual word. Uh, I feel very comfortable there. As a Jew, and I think a Christian would feel there very comfortable. And I, as a vegetarian, blah, blah, blah. I'm not worried about them attacking me. Yes. I'm not, I have no animus toward them. I, I may not believe what they believe, and they don't believe what I believe. But we're not going to go at each other's throats. Whereas if you are to go to even a, a relatively tamer place like Jordan, for example, within the Muslim world and the Arab world, uh, you might very well be very concerned as a Christian and definitely as a Jew uh, about being attacked. Yeah, you go down the wrong alley in a moderate yeah. Muslim country like Turkey or Jordan, and they'll cut you apart. Right. They spend—look, uh, Egypt is a very good example. Egypt uh, has a peace treaty with Israel. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to go to Egypt again as a Jew. I, I went there in 1989. Didn't like it so much. I mean, I, I went to see, see the uh, pyramids and the Sphinx. And then I got the hell out of Dodge. Okay, I wasn't too worried because the, the peace was being enforced by uh, Mubarak at that point. But I will say that today uh, I, I ain't going there. Among other, other things, that in all the Muslim world, 
they teach their kids, their little ones, as, as young as three and four years old, to really detest Jews in particular and Christianity to a lesser extent. That, that we are the heathens, we are the infidels, that we are, you know, that they see Christians as, as pagans because they believe, supposedly, I'm not saying that they're right, they believe that um, they, they have this triumvirate God, Jesus, uh, the God, and the, sorry, uh, the Holy Ghost and, and Mary, right? Uh, and and that that's, that's blasphemous to them. Okay, fine. But they'll kill for that. And if, and if you were a Jew walking into uh, not just Palestinian territory or any, you're not even allowed to go as, as an Israeli to any of the Arab countries. If you have on your passport, an American passport, that you had visited Israel, you will not be able to go visit almost any Arab country. In fact, I don't think you're allowed to other than Egypt or Jordan. That's, that's bad. So there's a lot of hate spewing out there. A lot of it is religiously indoctrinated, uh, but nevertheless, it's also in the Quran. I mean, you, you almost can't blame them. They, they are told this is holy. Well, to hate Jews, to hate Christians, you are doing Allah's work. And it doesn't say that in the Old Testament or the New Testament or the Constitution or the Magna Carta, as you pointed out. It doesn't say any of those things. It doesn't encourage hate. It doesn't say that your hate is holy, and that's the problem. Yeah. When you're when you're told right. that your hate is holy, I, I think you're really gonna you're running up against a wall. Yeah, and that's the entire point. Yeah. The core of Christianity is love thy brother. Yeah. The very core. Yeah. The very core of Judaism is the first commandment of the Ten Commandments. Right. Uh, I am the Lord thy God. Put no other gods before me. I brought you out of Egypt to be free. Right. He doesn't say, I brought Jews out of Egypt to be That's free. Right. Yeah, he doesn't say, I, uh, Jews I are... brought you, yeah. all humanity, out of Egypt to right. be free. He every say, one of you. He doesn't say, Jews are the best and kill everyone else. Right. right. In the Hindu scriptures, in the Buddhist scriptures, it may talk in uh, different terms than we're used to about monotheistic belief or whatever in different ways. And the, the goal may be enlightenment and not the civil society. But so what? There's nothing in there that says kill the unbelievers. Right. And when you have wars between Buddhist and Hindu societies, it's normally because of some factor that's not part of the ideology. Yeah. It might be nationalism. It might be because this one became communist and those didn't. It has nothing to do with their religion. Right, so, so here are the but, two... But the line is, yeah. there's the Koran. And, and I, I think there's such an important thing to debunk right here. So often we hear about the violence in, inculcated in Middle Eastern Muslim children. And it's so often blamed by our uh, intellectual and media elite as being some sort of racial hatred or some sort of cultural thing brought on by colonialism or this or that or the other. And they never point out the fact that it comes directly from the Koran. Right. Yeah, I, I love that. They, they, <laughs> they believe that the hate being fostered right now, let's say even in Egypt, is the product of colonialism. Please. How, how do they establish that? But that's another story, I suppose. Yeah, I, I want to say just one other thing. Uh, yeah. I've heard, and I, I think you can confirm this, that when you go to some of the great mosques in the world that are used in the in region, uh, 
if you go to Notre, Notre Dame, I've been there. You've been there, right? Yeah, it's our future mosque, if you will. Right. You walk in that place, and it's essentially a museum today. Yeah, very, that's used, one of the problems. Very, yeah. That's off subject. But right. it's basically a museum to the way we were, right. to quote Barbara Streisand. We walk through there, and there's a number of um, shrines in there. And each one is to different Catholic things that I'm not familiar with because I'm Jewish, but you see it and you go, okay, this is nice. I've heard if you go into the Dome of the Rock, the shrines in there are like the bazooka used to blow up an Israeli tank in 1973. The grenade fragments that killed these Jews in this place when the the Muslims attacked them in the 1929 riots. You know, they actually make monument shrines to the weapons used to kill the infidels. And these are in the actual... Places that are the equivalent churches. The Holy you would never see a weapon right. in a celebrating right. the deaths of others in a I, 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 or a church. I have heard that. I have not experienced that. I'm, I thought you were going somewhere else, but I do want to take from what you just said. Uh, what you do see when you go to a lot of the mosques in the Middle East is that if you are a Jew or a Christian, they may not necessarily let you in. Okay, now you know that that's not in and of itself a horrible thing. I mean, Mormons won't allow you to go into certain sacred parts of uh, their church either. Uh, there's a certain other areas that you can visit, but only true Mormons can go in for a wedding, for example. It's, it's uh, somewhat selective. So I don't begrudge them that much in that department. Uh, however, it is telling that any Muslim can go into any church and not worry about being told, hey, you, you can't come in here because you're a Muslim. They would, I mean, can you imagine that the... the the brouhaha that would come up with that. But the reverse happens all the time. And, and that's, that's, uh, that's crap up with which we should not put. But it, it is interesting, the other point you made about all the, um, the violence and all the, here's the bazooka used to kill this many people and such. Uh, they have uh, glorious days of commemoration for successful terrorist attacks. They have uh, street names named after people who have uh, killed themselves in the name of Allah and, and otherwise against... Yeah, they have the Sparrow Pizza Museum. Uh, mostly against Israelis. Um, so this is a... Uh, you know, uh, it's a, it's an entire religion, and a very large one, that celebrates this hate. And Leon Uris wrote about this, and you talked about it at length at one point, uh, Ari. Uh, it's called the Hajj, and this notion of the concept of hate being so endemic to uh, the, this culture that, you know, it's, it's me against my brother, my brother and I against the family, the family against the clan, the clan against the tribe, the tribe against the town, the town against the, the, town. the, 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 the county, I guess, the yeah. equivalent of the county, right. and the county against the nation. And then the nation, of course, against all other nations. This is, it's just, it's, it's like it's fuel, and where does it get the fuel? I mean, where, where, do you, where do you start from? And so my question, again, to my, our moderate listeners are, and generally speaking, we're talking about liberals at this point. Moderate Muslim uh, listeners. No, but, but now, no, no, now I want to talk not just to moderate Muslim listeners, but to our liberal, liberal friends who, uh, who have no problem supporting uh, radical Islam, no less, and, and the treatment of women and the gays and everything else that they turn a blind eye to. to. I ask these questions now. How do we how do we justify this? How do we how how do they explain that this Quran doesn't say what it says? 
well, how, do you, how do you go about that? Well, here's what they do. They say that it, well, it doesn't say what it says, or they don't, usually they're very ignorant about what the, the Quran says, and they're even more ignorant about what the New Testament says or what the Old Testament says. So they say, well, all I know is that there's a whole bunch of violence in both, in all books, in all holy books. So they try to equate it all together, right? Uh, but generally speaking, it's, they claim to say that it doesn't say, it can't possibly say what, what you believe it to say. Or if it does, it means something else. Right, it's of course. interpretable. Yeah, exactly right. So in other words, if something says black, it means white, yeah. right? You know, no is the new yes, right? So it's, it's, it's a strange argument, but nevertheless, that's what you would expect. Okay. So, and this is a society that is, um, you know, sorry, not this. This is a, the liberal policies are ones which, which don't delve deeply into the facts. It never has been. They, they, they throw out a bunch of words. You ask them, for example, policies that work. They say social security, and then you, you drill down on, on that and say, well, that's just a horrible example. Affirmative, um, affirmative action, minimum wage, all the things that we talk about, they, they, can't, they can't talk one step deeper, one, one step deeper, exactly right. Uh, but when it comes to, uh, not even but, but when we're, when we're talking about Islam, it's the same thing. They want to believe it's a peaceful religion because they say Islam is a religion of peace and they don't need to hear any further. And, by, and don't you know, they know a moderate Muslim who was just so very nice. So suddenly that person is emblematic of all Islam you see, right? And, and look, I, I have that kind of way of thinking about Mormons. I, I know that I'm a very big fan of Mormons because I know quite a few Mormons and I just love them all. And I assume, probably wrongly, that every one of them is perfect one way or the other. I, of course, I don't think that they're all perfect. But these guys are very good ambassadors for Mormonism. Let's put it that way. But, I, you know, I think I know a lot more Mormons than a lot of our liberal friends know more moderate Muslims. And, and I'm sure there are a lot of moderate American-loving Muslims here in Los Angeles and elsewhere throughout America. But that's not the point. The point is that you, you are, you, you're making an assumption about the, the religion as a whole and its whole uh, impetus and its whole fire and energy based upon a couple of people that you know. And you can't do that. You have to look at what's happening in Paris and Nice and Brussels and San Bernardino and Fort Ch Chattanooga and uh, at Fort Hood and, and so many other places. At the World Trade Center. And, oh, yeah, I yeah, forgot. Yeah, there was one. something that happened in World yeah. Trade So it, it, yeah. uh, you, you have to forget all these things. These are really, really big deals. And you have to wonder what's making this all happen. And then you point to the book and you say, could it very well be that this Quran, which says, you shall do these very destructive things to people who don't think like us, could it be that that book, which is a religious text, no less, and tells you that if you do so, you'll go to heaven with 72 virgins, and, and, and that hate is holy. Could it be that that's the reason why? And then they'll say, well, no, I, I just can't. I, they don't want to believe it. So that's one answer that they have. The other the answer they have is, well, the, the Old Testament has a lot of violence, too. You're no different. Uh, okay, again, that, that suffers the same problem because the the, the Old Testament and the New Testament don't have this kind of um, command to hate, this command to destroy others that are not just like you. And I put capitals on just like you. Yeah, okay? somehow somehow where it says, um, you know, 
save them, right? <laughs> save their souls, right? For, by killing them from damnation by right. bringing them Jesus's name doesn't then say, and if they don't kill them, right? Where do you find them? Right. And oh, okay. Now that's great that you put that that you pointed that out because now. The atheist, and for that matter, anybody who is a, a Muslim apologist, will say, what are you talking about? Don't forget the Inquisition. Don't forget the Crusades. Don't forget a lot of other things that were done in the name of Jesus that were pretty uh, not nice, shall we say. Okay, that, that's what they'll say. I'm glad so, they brought that up. Right, and I'm glad they brought that up because it ain't so. Yeah. You see, the Inquisition and the Crusades and those other you know uh, things that happened uh, here and there, the Pope didn't condone that. The, the Pope never said you shall go out and destroy as many people as you can who don't think like us. Yeah, when those things happened, it's because people were committing sins in the name of the book, Yeah, which is a violation I believe of, uh, of the Ten Commandments, I think number seven, which is the worst. Take that, do not take That's the number Lord's... Three. Number, number three. three. Yeah. Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. Right. The only unrecoverable commandment. Yeah. And unforgivable. Uh, unforgivable by anyone because you've you've uh, besmirched the uh, the image of God to others. Right. So we don't know what happened in the uh, Crusades, other than it was a war against Islam, and as they say in uh, the hood, blank happens. Right. No, no, it was, it was no. Let me, let me explain. We do know. We know no, a lot. No, of no, it. I'm making a point here. But in the Inquisition is a good example because the Inquisition, you had a guy wearing the hat of Christianity doing stuff. But you know what he was doing was bad stuff that no honest to goodness believing Christian and Jesus himself would ha- none of them would have would be okay with what he did. Well, first of all, it's not a he, it's a she. Uh, Queen Isabel was the one who initiated this, uh, and it was it was never the Pope that that instituted the Inquisition. It was it was the leaders of Spain and otherwise who decided to impose this in the name of religion. Uh, Catholicism in particular. Oh, in other words, it was a purge by a monarch, a political yes. leader, not a not a theological leader. No, very tricky. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. And and furthermore, the Pope did not tell in, during the Crusades did not tell his soldiers go ahead and kill as many Jews as possible along the way. Uh, it was a defensive war uh, because the Muslims had in fact uh, st- start the conquest of Europe. And they had to go out, and they said, Look, "We're going to take back Jerusalem because right. that's that was essential to our Christianity to get back Jerusalem." Uh, but but no matter, you know, the fact that they they even took up any arms whatsoever and said we need to preserve Christianity, well, that's the story that's told. They don't tell about how the um, the Saracens and the the Muslims who were seeking to conquer Europe they don't they, that's of no import whatsoever. That's right. And also when I said I'm not sure what happened there, what I was referring to is the story that's oft reported, which is on the way to Jerusalem, we Crusaders, we Knights Templars, will find Jews and kill them on the way there. Right. I believe that's something that was invented by college professors later on. That sounds very much with what I know about history now to be revisionist. Uh, because it, if you're an army, it, aren't you trying to save your resources for well, exactly when right. you exactly. reach well, the First enemy? of all, it did happen, but not to the extent that the professors would have you believe. So it's a little bit like uh, saying that somebody, um, I don't know, gave a, a, you know, a mean look to a black person today and say that person is lynching him. It's, just, it's not the same thing, right? It's a different degree. Uh, so having... Uh, 
having a couple of attacks doesn't make it like that. They make it seem as if the Crusades was designed entirely to get rid of Jews along the way to, to fighting the, the Muslims. Yeah, it doesn't if, make any as sense. As if that command came from upon high and wasn't maybe localized by some excesses by foot soldiers was a, along the yes, way. Yes, exactly right. There was opportunism going on. By the way, the Americans did the same thing during World War II. When, when we, after we uh, conquered the, um, the, the Normandy Beach, you know, there were, there were things that American soldiers did that were not so perfect. They stole a couple of items. There, there may, may have been a couple of rapes of women, God forbid, but there, it happened, I'm sure. It doesn't mean that the president ordered it, right? right. It's the same thing with the pope. The pope, in fact, went out of his way to say, don't do that crap, all right? This is not what we're here for. We're here for the mission of preserving Christianity and fighting the Saracens and the, 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 uh, the Muslim invaders that's what we're here for. That's holy. And I, you know, I understand that. So, and we say this is Jews. You know, we, we only want the truth. This is, the, the Crusades were not designed to kill Jews, period. Anyway, let's not draw, drill down too much on that. I'm simply saying that this is what the atheist, this is what the Muslim apologist will say. You guys were bad too. And it ain't so. Right, okay. because in any religion, there's an ideal, right. and there's people who stray. Right. Just because some stray is not a reflection of the ideals of the religion, if the religion is morally good. So here's the problem. You see, in addition to the fact of the book, the Quran book, which says that you shall hate Jews, you shall hate Christians, and you should deceive them, and you should even kill them. Find them and kill them wherever you can, behind the rock, behind the tree. These are not good words. These are, these are not hopeful words. These are not words that you can nuance. Okay. Are those peaceful words? I'm just I, I, th I think they're not. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that those are not peaceful words. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, interesting, right? I'm full of interesting things. So they, they say these things, and that's, that's already an issue enough, right? But then the imams say it in the mosques themselves. Okay. Now, we, we know that because there are a lot of spies within the mosques, and the, there are recordings now. The, there are things that these, these imams are saying in countries throughout the world, including America and throughout Europe, where there are, there's a call to arms to, do, to, uh, to lie, to deceive, and even to kill. And, and, and not only that, but they're not denouncing the horrible crimes that are happening in the name of Allah. In the name of the Quran, it, where is the Imam saying the Quran does not say this? That's what I want to hear. That's what you want to hear. But we don't hear that, and, and that's uh, on the contrary. We hear much more violent stuff. We do not hear from priests or, or reverends or rabbis saying, "Go out and kill," or for that matter, "Go out and hate." On the contrary, we hear almost too much of the opposite, which is, "We're all one and the same." that we're just like our Muslim brothers. We need to go visit them in the mosques. We need to show them how wonderful we are and that we're really one and the same. We all believe in the same God. Do we? I don't know. I just don't know. And, and from, what I, from what I can see, I don't think we're dealing with the same God. Okay? It is a very different God. And frankly, it would have to be. How could you have a, a God, a, the, the Jewish God and the Christian God, b believing what you do? And then a different God saying you must kill those Christians and Jews. Obviously, we're dealing with something different. So this is not a, a loving God. This is not a, a, um, a, a one that wants to see a kumbaya among all face. This is a God 
that, at least from my interpretation, that says I want to blanket this entire world with something called Islam. And unless you're Islamic yourself, you're a Muslim yourself, I ain't accepting you. In fact, you're, you're a heathen. You, you deserve to die. It reminds me a little bit of that star, when I saw that movie, uh, Star Trek, the, the Wrath of Khan. Right? Do you remember this movie? It's a very good one. And in the movie, there's this scientific thing called the, the, the Genesis Project. And what is it? It's a device that you can inject into a, an otherwise barren planet, like a moon, and then it will make this moon or other planet into a completely different life-giving, wonderful, earth-like thing with a lot of greenery and everything else. The problem is that it wipes out everything, right? So you could use it on another planet that already has existing life forms and completely wipe it all out. I, I, I fear that so much of Islam is, is like that. It's like the Genesis Project, where it, it sees itself as exactly that, that it just will wipe out anything in its, that, that is in its way. If you're not part of the team, well, then we're going we're gonna to make you part of the team. Uh, that, that is not the, the God that I know. And nowhere in Judaism, and, it's, and I hope and I think nowhere in Christianity, does it say that unless the person thinks like you, you must kill him. That, that ain't the way. And, and in fact, in the Old Testament, what Christians call the Old Testament, what you and I call the Bible, it, it's very clear the many heroes of the Bible, the ones to look up to, are not even Jewish, right? I mean, I, there are many examples of that. Th these are great heroes of the Bible. And, it, and God is constantly sending the message, I don't care if you are, uh, are of this faith or that faith. I do care whether you follow my laws whether you do what's decent, and particularly the Ten Commandments. You follow those, you're good with me. Okay, whether you call yourself a Christian or a Buddhist, or even an atheist for that matter, I don't care. Just follow these Ten Commandments. Yeah, I care what you do, not what you no, think, that's right. not what you believe. Meanwhile, the Koran is obsessed with what you think and believe. Right. And, it, you know, you brought up such an important point about the idea that what is this God? This is not our God. This is a different God. Isn't it interesting that in the, the texts about Jesus or the, the God of the Jews and the, the Torah, so often the stories are about the people confronting God or doubting God, or in the case of Jesus' crucifixion, killing God. Mm -hmm. And the God of those two faiths is so resilient, he is resurrectable. And he, in, in our faith, in Judaism, he is so all-powerful, it doesn't matter to him, power-wise, if people believe in him or challenge him or spread good right. word or not. How flimsy must Allah be that he can't handle anyone not believing in him? How, how delicate, what a little, as they call on college campus, what a snowflake he must be if anyone utters a blasphemic word against him, that he can't withstand it. Right. And I think this is the core of it. Why, it has, why it's unreformable is because it's such a flimsy ideology based on such flimsy ideas, principles, and values that it is teetering uh, 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 for collapse at any second. Complete and utter destruction if unanimity of thought and violent deed is not upheld and enforced with strict violence each and every day. 
All right, so what they'll say, first of all, uh, in response to that, they'll say, obviously, it's not a snowflake uh, situation because Islam has been around since, the, what, the year 700 or so? And, uh, and it's, it's gaining in popularity. People are converting all the time. It's 1.5 billion people on the planet. So clearly, it's not a flimsy religion. It's, it's a very stalwart religion. I'm not saying that that makes it a wonderful religion. I mean, you can have a lot of things that are existing and even growing, for that matter, and multiplying many different ways, um, and, and it can be very bad, of course. Communism, for example, is, is a very good example of that when it seemed to be proliferating throughout the world, you wouldn't say that it's a good, good thing. Uh, okay, so what the atheist will say in response to what you just say, and for that matter, a Muslim apologist will say, is that, what are you talking about, Ari? Um, the, your God, the Jewish God, the Christian God, gets very upset when his people abandon him. Look what happened in Sonic and Gomorrah. Look what happened uh, with uh, the Babylonian uh, takeover of Israel, right? Look what happened when the Jews abandoned God and Rome exiled all the Jews out of Israel. There are many examples that they can point out to, and that is your vengeful God. And he gets pissed off, just like the Allah God gets pissed off. I think, but your point, because I want to address all these arguments, your point, however, and it's a good point, is he can withstand a give and take. He, he can, can withstand a challenge. Yeah, he can In fact, what, that's what the word Israel means. Right. It's a struggle. And, and not the jihad-type struggle, right? So, which is constantly the... I mean, I, that, that's another t a contortion of, of definitions that I can't stand, which is that jihad, which literally means struggle to fight and to conquer, uh, should mean a personal struggle. Yeah, it means holy war. Yeah, it, it means holy mean war. struggle. Yeah. So Israel means struggle in the way that we think of it, an internal struggle. Uh, and, and I think that's reflected. I mean, you, you see it not only... It's reflected in Judaism itself and the way we uh, exercise Judaism. We struggle with God. We, we, we constantly battle. Uh, what does God want from us? Is there a God? This is, this is what Jews do. Yeah, we struggle with our better selves versus our lower yeah. selves. We struggle to maintain faith in our times. All sorts of struggles yeah. that are legitimate within our side that doesn't involve uh, collapsing God himself. Yeah, well, exactly right. So, but this God, our God, so to speak, the Jewish God, the Christian God, you can have these, these little, little spats with God. Think of it like a, a parent that says, uh, listen, you know, Johnny, and, and, and Johnny can still complain to his parent. Dad, I didn't like it when you yelled at me in front of my friends. That embarrassed me. And the dad can say, you know what? I'm sorry. You've got a good point. I should have held my temper or something like that. Um, and then, but he's still the dad and he's still in charge, right? That's the, that's, that's the way we view God. We can, like Abraham challenged God and said, Listen, demanding a hundred good men out of this town is is maybe asking a lot, don't you think? And and he negotiated down with him to say, well, I think it was down to 10, 10 good men, and and so it should be. And uh, Noah and God were talking in terms of you know, and God was saying, Look, I offer you the olive branch. I don't want to do this again, right? He understands this was a drastic remedy. This whole flood business. So th there are many examples. Now, you can say I don't believe in the Bible and all that. All of it's crap anyway, but I, that's fine. But I'm t we're talking about, we're comparing holy text to holy text. So, so see it as a literature study for, for the time being. In, in, if it's true in the Quran, 
that to even question God, to have a struggle with God, is there really a God? And if, and if you even ask that question and you die, that's bad. That's, that's an unfortunate situation, shall we say, at the very least. Uh, and that's why I asked the question, can we really expect a reformation within the Muslim world? I, I, don't, I don't know what it looks like because to just talk about it is, is like, I, I don't know, you, you can come up with some examples too. It's, it's like saying, I'd like a woman to be a man. You know, it's just not going to happen. And we can talk about it all day long. Uh, but you ask any woman, they don't accept Bruce Jenner as a woman. He can feel like a woman if he wants to. That's his business. That's the kind of country we are. But don't tell me he's he's a woman. Well, let's make let's make perfect analogies. Okay, great. Can we have a discussion right now with Kim Jong Un about reforming North Korea? Yeah, it's not no, gonna happen. No, not gonna happen. No. Uh, pick another dictator. How about a Maduro in Venezuela? There, there are people right now dying on the streets who are trying to have a conversation with Maduro about reforming Venezuela. Not happening, right? I, I, Meaning there are certain situations that unless something drastic happens and it's happening in Venezuela and not happy in North Korea, there ain't no conversation, there ain't no reformation. And because it's such a pressure cooker, the reformation, it, it is coming and it will collapse. It is flimsy and it is not meant long for this world. The timeline might be a day, a year, 50 years, a thousand years, but the collapse is coming. Well, I, see, I don't, see, that's, that's different than reformation. That's right. right? That's collapse and reformation is that one thing is that it just goes away. Okay, well, that's not really a reformation. That's just the end. But I'm not so sure that I agree with your analogy. I mean, I see where you're going with it when you were saying about socialism and of Maduro on the one hand and Kim Jong-un in North Korea. I don't expect it to reform, but you and I could say, if I said to you that within 50 years from now, that, there, that North Korea, whether it's with Kim Jong-un or, or his successor, that it's going to collapse and it'll be um, a democracy one day. It's not that far afield from the possibilities. Um, whereas if I were to tell you that Bruce Jenner will become a real woman, like, like Pinocchio is made into a real boy, right? It's just not going to happen. Yeah, gonna it's happen. fantasy. And part of it, though, has yeah. to do with the, the, the basis you said, this method of yeah. reformation, having a conversation where you don't have freedom of speech yeah, you, or accepted free speech, where you have a country like Pakistan, which is about as free and civil as you get in the Muslim what? world. And when a Christian says something slightly not in line, a mob attacks and murders them. Right. And there's no consequence. Well, but, but here's here's you know, my, it's hard to have a conversation. Let me give you two more analogies, okay? Because I, I think it really hits home the point. You know, it's like expecting uh, a, a certain computer program that is I don't know uh, the old old time uh, Pong <laughs> program that it runs on a certain kind of uh, computer programming and expect it to do all sorts of number crunching and Excel spreadsheet. It just it's not going to do it. It can't do it because it's not programmed that way. That's not in its programming. You expect something other than what it can can do. It just can't. Okay, like male and female is such a good example. We're not programmed to understand colors and feelings the way that women are. Okay? And, and conflict resolution, for that matter, we're not there. It, it doesn't compute. Literally, it does not compute. Here's a better example. Okay? And maybe the best example. It's like expecting a lion to become a vegetarian, okay? 
I don't expect it. I keep telling you, you know the name Ari means lion, right? Yes, I do. So stop trying to argue vegetarian <laughs> to this lion. I'm not. Predators that's my don't point. Eat veggies. Uh, that's my point. That's brilliant. But I think in your analogies, you bring up possibly the most brilliant point of all and question, which is this What is Islam for? Why does it exist? And the answer is obvious, and that's, I think, where the starting point is. Islam is a perfect ideology if you want a quasi-feudal society run by strongmen. Understood. So if the question is, how do you reform quasi-feudal strongmen-run societies? And I'm not not strongmen in the feminist uh, parlance of a college campus argument about patriarchy. I'm talking about hunters with dictators, right. with hierarchical relationships and shame cultures in which people live along a ladder of hierarchy from slave to ruler with no question and no chance of rev- revolution. Well, then Islam is the perfect ideology to instill in that society where everyone keeps their place in that line. Well, okay. uh, so and to, and to your point, to your point, uh, where are there any Muslim countries that are, are democracies? Exactly. And and the, are, are there any countries where they even aspire to right. be? Right. So the question I'm getting to is, rather than asking the question, is Islam reformable? The question should be, is it possible to reconcile Islamic ideological tradition with? Modern civil societies in which all people have plurality, free speech, freedom of movement, all the things we enjoy in uh, Brentwood, California. Uh, No, bad example. Um, uh, uh, Plano, Texas, (laughs) where people are really free. And there the the, um, computer program uh, analogy absolutely smacks the brick wall of reality. No, it's completely impossible. This is not an ideology like the Judeo-Christian traditions that allow for the development of a Western civilization-based democracy. Right. And and the word civil society is so important because when you talk about a civil society, you're talking about a society based on a concept of nonviolence in political change. When, as we've discussed, Throughout this episode, violence is part and parcel of everything Islam is. Right. It's it's uh, the word civil is exactly that. And uh, whereas a lot of what we're seeing in the Muslim and Arab world, and this is not about Islam. What I'm about to say, I'm simply saying I'm simply describing what we're seeing in the Arab and much of the Muslim world is about power and whoever gets on top. It's more like going back to the lions. It's more like. Who's the who's the strongest man for the time being, and who's in, who's in charge, and that that's the way it is. And then there's honor and shame, like you said, uh, which really rules the the whole whole discourse and, and such. It's it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And I and I again pose this question: What does reform look like? It's a rhetorical question at this point. What if you really believe in it? What does it look like? And I put it to you, and it's it's a very pessimistic. Uh, outlook on it. Unfortunately, I think it's a very realistic thing because we are realists in this on the show. We are not uh, optimists in the just for the sake of being optimists. We love we love America. We, we're optimists about America, but when it comes to um, seeing a reformation in Islam, I'm not optimistic. I'm pessimistic. I'm a realist on these situations. Uh, can and, I make a point echoing that for one second? That I yeah, think sure. is so important to bring out. There's the example of the nation of Turkey. 
where Ataturk created this modern, if you will, quasi-Islamic republic to operate in the, in the modern world and be more European than Middle Eastern. And it lasted quite well for many, many years, about, what, 60, 70 years so far. That's right. <clears throat> but it had a built-in flaw of the system, of which you're seeing it fail now with, with, uh, with Erdogan. Right. Because Islam was part and parcel of the governmental system of this Turkey and could not be completely eradicated from the republic, it right. was doomed to reach right. the point as today. And it's funny that you say that because the it, it's so telling. It's the same argument about communism, which, interestingly, lasted about the same amount of time, 60, 70 years, right, uh, from 1917 to 1989. So that's, what, just a little over 70 years. And uh, it, it, it collapsed of its own weight. Why? Because human nature, the programming of human nature, did not allow for it. It resisted it constantly. It just couldn't work. And likewise, the programming of, of Islam uh, made sure that any democratization, any Western civilization influence with uh, Islam in it, 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 it was, it was going to collide. And that's what we're seeing in Turkey right now. Yeah, it's, a of, it's a dangerous yes. place. But going back to optimism... It's the same reason why I'm not optimistic about a peace in between Israel and the Palestinians, or for that matter, a true peace between Israel and its Arab neighbors, because they are totally different programs. They cannot live together, it, because you you have one situation. We we talked about this before: democracy versus dictatorship, uh, and so much of the Quran demands a form of dictatorship. Maybe they like that. I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of people don't like freedom, like we said. The, the famous placard that, that I saw in one demonstration uh, by a pro-Muslim uh, group in London saying, to hell with your freedom. Uh, freedom is not necessarily important to everyone. We think it is, but it's not. It's, it's more about autonomy, yes, that they like. But they don't mind being ruled by dictators. A lot of people don't mind it. You want proof? Look at all the socialist countries. They don't care about freedom. I'm talking about Sweden and Norway. They don't care. Yeah, a lot of people who have a, a thirst for blood love being ruled by dictators because all they have to do is join the dictator's side and then they can get away with any excess their little sick minds yeah, want exactly. them to be on. Very there, good there are these people called colectivos in Venezuela which are armed. Essentially, think of them as crips or bloods, street gangs. Except because they're on the government side, any drug dealing and violence and, and mayhem they engage in, the government doesn't enforce against them. Yeah. It, this is the exact way Hamas operates in the Gaza Strip. It's a right. motorcycle gang. They're the hell's angels of, of Islam. Right. So it's all about power at the end of the right. day. And uh, that's why we're not optimistic of, of the peace pro any, any peace process. It's a fool's errand to think that you can fix that problem. It ain't going to happen until the Arab world democratizes. And that ain't going to happen because it's not in the programming. And that's where it all must fail. Moderation in the Muslim world, a, a uh, reformation, as they say, I don't see it, my friends. I just, I, I reluctantly, I pessimistically, but realistically, I just don't see it. It's, it's all talk in the same way that it's all talk about the Palestinian uh, peace between the Israelis and the Palestinians. You can want it, but unless it's in the programming, it will never work. And that's my great fear, and we have to deal with the realistic approach to it. We have to understand what's really going on. And if there is no reformation, 
possible in the Muslim world. I, I fear. I, I, we have to do something. We have to act accordingly. We have to know uh, that, that, that this, it's dangerous to, to think otherwise. Talk to you next week.